Hey, a quick reminder. We would love to hear from you about your best summer travel stories. Give us a call and tell us about the places you went, the people that you have met, the things that you learned while traveling. Uh, You can record a voice memo and email it to us at hello at atlasobscura.com or call us and leave a message at 315-992-7902. Looking forward to hearing from you. In the remote village of Kongtong, India, the sun is setting, it's dinner time, a mother is singing. And her voice echoes through the small town center, out over the fields and into the jungle. She wrote this particular song specifically for her child. It's a wordless tune, as familiar to him as his own name. He hears it and comes running and sings back to her. But here's the truly remarkable thing. Across this village, dozens of other mothers are doing the same exact thing. I'm Dylan Thuris, and this is Atlas Obscura, a celebration of the world's strange, incredible, and wondrous places. And in Kong Tong, India, every person's name is a unique song, composed by their mother within a week of their birth. We travel to northeastern India today to hear the songs that are part of a centuries-old tradition. That's after this. What do you do with your time these days, and how should I introduce you to the show? I think you can introduce me as a writer. That's perfectly fine, yeah. Zanara Rathnayaka is a freelance writer based in Sri Lanka. And earlier this year, she wrote this incredible story for Atlas Obscura about Kong Tong and about this village where everyone has a name song. The story about the song tunes or the tune-giving tradition. This is in Meghalaya, in northeastern part of India. The state of Meghalaya covers a little over 8,700 square miles, about the size of New Jersey. But there is a high wonder per mile thing happening in Meghalaya. Listeners of the show might remember that we've told a few stories about the region, like the one about the living root bridges, or the village where birds plummet out of the sky. So very mountainous region, like there's a lot of rolling hills and the clouds come in rolling in. And lo- they get a lot of rain. Everywhere you go, there is a waterfall. And in the monsoons, when you go, like everything is literally a waterfall because it's just, water just come tumble down in, from the mountains. Yeah. It sounds beautiful. I mean, it sounds wet, but it sounds incredibly beautiful and like magical. Yeah, it is. It is. Zanara visited Magalia for the first time in 2018. She had a break in between school semesters, and when she was Googling where to go in India, Magalia kept coming up. So, and you went during the monsoon season. It was the end what of was the it? monsoon season, but it was still like a lot of rain, <laughs> yeah. Zanara and a local guide named Craw spent a few days driving around Magalia. 
from the capital city of Shillong out into the Kasi Hills, and they visited remote towns and stayed with the Kasi, one of the indigenous groups that lives in the area. And around the 10th day of the trip, Craw had an idea. He suggested they check out a village south of Shillong, somewhere even he had never been. So he was like, I've heard about this village. They have like tunes. They call each other by music. And I'm like, what, really? So he's like, would you be interested in going there? And I'm like, okay, that sounds really fascinating. I would love to. Yeah. Zanara and Craw drove through the rain for six straight hours. The roads were windy and muddy. They lurched against their seatbelts on every bump. And Zanara started to wonder whether this trip was going to be worth it. Just as the sun was starting to set, Craw and Zanara drove into a small village. They drove past orange orchards and bushels of broom grass. As they arrived, the rain finally stopped. So people were not used to, like, outsiders coming into the village. So little kids, like, came running and just, okay, why is, why is a car coming to the village? Like, why, why are they? Like, who are they? Like, why are they coming here like that? And there were, like, groups of elders. They were chit-chatting, having chai, and all those things. Zanar and Kra parked in a field next to two houses made of bamboo. And the caretaker of the community homestay showed them to their little rooms. There was a... Uh, raised platform made from bamboo. And I sat there and I was like watching the sunset. So it was really, really beautiful. Like the clouds being painted in different colors over the Kaza Hills and it was really magical. And at that moment, I heard like people calling to each other by their tunes. I heard like different, different tunes. And then Crow came to me and he was like, yes, that's people calling to each other. Like, it was so magical when I heard that. Zanara was hearing the sounds of dozens of mothers calling their children home for dinner. The various melodies mixed and chorused over each other through the rain and the jungle. And each song was this unique melodic call, the name of a child running home for dinner. The writer and storyteller in Zanara was fascinated. In early 2020, two years after that first visit, Zanara returned to Kongtong and to some of the mothers that she had met there. One of them was Shito Kongsti. Shito was running a small assorted shop, so there was like everything in that shop, like lace chips, packets, there were chocolates, rice, dal, and everything. And when I went there, she was sitting on this small bamboo stool and she was chewing a areca nut, a beetle nut. And she was very chatty and she was very friendly. Shito's shop was in the center of the village. And as she and Zanora talked, lots of kids ran in and out. When they run past, the, past her shop and she will sing the tune and they will come running to her. So it was like really cute. And she was like this very nice 50-year-old grandma who loves everyone. So... I asked her to sing some of the tunes, and she, she was like, okay, I'll sing my own tune. Shito explained to Zanara that her mother had given her her song about a week after she was born. And Shito had done the same thing for all seven of her children. In Kasi... Um, they call it Jingrai Yabei. 
that actually means son of the mother or son of the first clan lady. Hmm. The Kasi people belong to one of three tribes in Magalia. And as Shito told Zanara, the Kasi are a matrilineal society. Last names are passed down from mothers to daughters. When men and women get married, they move into the woman's family home. And a family's inheritance goes to the youngest daughter. So this tomb, like, it comes out of mother's love. It's the mother's duty, like, the mothers only give this to their newborns. So the mother-child bond becomes very strong. No one Zanara spoke to could tell her for sure when this tradition started. But most of the villagers in Kongtong believe that it goes back for centuries. Songs may have carried better than spoken names across these long distances and out into the jungle. But the children born in the village do also have what they call paper names. They're very known for naming their kids after football heroes as well. So they will. it's, it's very common to find uh, names like Cristiano, Messi, or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And um, so that's like the standard name. That's the paper name. While she was in Kong Tong, Zanara also spoke to another mother, Shidiap. She's actually Shito's cousin, and she lived just across from her store. This was this small wooden house, and... She was sitting on the floor. She was actually boiling tea leaves for making red tea, which is like a staple in the Kasi homes. And mm. her nephew was sleeping next to her. He was sleeping on the floor. Did you ask them how they come up with the songs that they sing? Like, how do they create them? Shetau and Shadab, they both told me that uh, when their kids were very young, very little, like they were crying and they would sing like, different, different things, like different, different melodies to make them fall asleep. Yeah. The tune they sing and the baby fall asleep, and that tune becomes their name. It's funny, I had a, I had a like wordless hum that I would sing to my, my son when he was born because he had trouble sleeping. And you're just like, you're a parent, you're so desperate. I can see how like that, it's not that big a jump to sort of, oh, this is, this is now yours. Like, this is associated with you. So how many, like, everyone has a song? Everyone has their own song, so it's totally, complete, like, completely different from one another, okay? And the other thing was the really fascinating uh, because she, village has like 700 people. And Shito, she knows tunes of about 500 people. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Like, how can you remember that many? But there's no, like, there's no musical notation for the song names. No, These aren't, no. Like, written they never down write anyway. it down okay, on paper. Nothing like that. No. Yeah. And on top of that, most of these song names have both a short and long version. So the shorter version is about five seconds. So usually the mothers, like when the children are nearby, they use the shorter version to call them. Like say I'm the mother and my kids are like running around and I will be like calling, singing that tune and they will come running to me. According to a historian Zanara spoke to at Northeastern Hill University in Shillong, Kong Tong is not the only Kasi village with name songs. 
It's just the easiest one to get to. And interestingly, that may be part of the reason why the tradition has survived there for so long. As more people outside of Kongtong have learned about the name songs and come to hear them, they've developed a kind of secondary value to drive tourism. Shito and Shidiap Kongsti told Zanara that women who leave Kongtong, they take the tradition with them. And if a woman comes from another village that doesn't have song names and marries someone in Kongtong, their mother-in-law will give them their own tune. What happens when someone dies? So when someone dies, there are songs that dies with them. So they never repeat it, never. So it's completely different, completely unique. I feel like they should maybe like record it and keep it as a library or something. I don't know. Uh, but but at the same time, again, like um, when you die, your song also dies with you. So it's kind of like, I don't know, that whole concept is like very beautiful. Huge thanks to Zenora Rathnayaka for her incredible reporting, and you can read her story in the link on our show notes. This podcast is a co-production of Atlas Obscura and Witness Docs. This episode was produced by Sarah Wyman. The rest of our production team includes Chris Naka, Doug Baldinger, Camille Stanley, Camille Mojica, Chilenya Onike, Maddie Weinberg, Manolo Morales, Tracy Samuelson, John Delore, Peter Clowney. Our technical director is Casey Holford. This episode was sound designed by John Delore and mixed by Luce Fleming. I'm Dylan Thuris, wishing you all the wonder in the world. See you next time. Witness Docs from Stitcher.